This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, Robin's Review. City simply weren't at the collective levels of their performances against West Ham and Forest against Leeds last night. A team that is ready to return to the Premier League and full of multi-million pound talent. Max O'Leary could have easily let his mistake against Coventry get him down, but showed great resilience to come back in this game and make some very important saves that kept the deficit to only one. We rarely get a pummeling in terms of scoreline, which is one positive to draw upon, but uh, Lee's three words of 1-0 thrashing pretty much sums it up, Matt, last night. I think it's, it was the words I used on Radio Bristol as well. Um, it, it, it's difficult to to draw the line between how poor we were compared to how good Leeds were. Leeds were probably the best team that I've seen at Ashton Gate in a couple of seasons. Um their movement, their speed of movement, their technical ability on the ball. They had big players in Somerville, um, Bamford. That um, someone said in in our group last night, Bamford's kind of a, a bit between a Championship and a Premier League player, but he's chalking cheese above anything that we've got. And yeah, they they should have won by at least three goals had it not been for some. Really good goalkeeping by Max O'Leary and some really, really poor finishing by Leeds. Um, but it's the, the first game probably this season that I don't think we've been in it at all. Maybe Birmingham as well. But we just we didn't lay a glove on them, did we? Yeah. Which is pretty apt, bearing in mind R.I.P. Carl Weathers. Oh, yeah. Apollo Creed, big hero of yours. Big hero of mine, yeah. Uh, and also the Fury fight's off as well, isn't it? Uh, Fury yeah. and Usek. Yeah. Which, um, yeah, which is a big shame. But sure. there we go. Right. Well, you're right. I mean, it was dread. It was dreadful, mate. Dreadful. Yeah. Let's do our talk club check-in uh, after a one-nil pummeling at at home on a Friday night. Friday night under the lights. It was, um, you know, a, a lot all lined up for a good evening off the back of those great performances against West Ham and, and Nottingham Forest and Leeds being sort of a similar team, similar ilk team. Um, but your thoughts, Matt? Your uh, your score out of ten, please. Um, I'm I'm probably around what I think the average will be. So I'm I'm probably around a five five this morning, mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm really really disappointed. So yeah, okay. I, I I haven't let it impact me that much. So I'm probably still I'm going to say a seven. Got a whole weekend um, ahead of us. Some some plans. So yeah, not not a great result on the pitch uh, last night. But uh, yeah, still seven out of ten in terms of my uh, mental health score. Uh, let's bring on our guest. It's a returning guest, James Prestige. James, how are you out of ten, sir? Uh, I'm going to give myself a seven. I've been for a lovely dog walk this morning at Ashton Court, a cup of tea and some cake with my running club friends. And uh, yeah, so a good start to the day. I've got a very happy dog next to me who's just been fed. And I try try not to let football um, sort of interfere with my uh, with my mental health too much. But, you know, I say try. Sometimes yeah. I, I can't say I was a seven as I was walking home from the game last night. But yeah, I feel pretty <laughs> good this morning. Thank you. Yeah, and I, and I know it's James Prestige, but I like to say Prestige. I have no problem. I get called a lot worse. So you, uh, you stick with prestige if you'd like, man. 
Um, right, okay. Uh, today marks the 42nd anniversary of that moment in 1982 when eight Bristol City players tore up their contracts to save the club from bankruptcy. These eight men are an integral part of our club's history and it's our honour to thank them and their families for the sacrifice they made to enable our club to survive and thrive today. 42 years on, we're still going strong. And Matt, in attendance last night, we had uh, five of the Ashton Gate eight, and uh, it was great that they got that round of applause just before the game. Um, and yeah, they, they they still are coming along to, to games, those that can, and absolutely are, are, are always... Um, honoured and humbled by the by the reaction that they get from the crowd and the continual singing um of of that that song yeah i mean they're, they're exactly that patch aren't they they're they're humble men um obviously a, a a number of them are ambassadors um for the fba um but you know i've i've, I've bored people to death with it but they're, they're they're quality quality gentlemen um and it should never be forgotten what they did um you know unprecedented and um yeah, rightly they get get the applause that they deserve. Um, yeah, obviously we know that this is the first anniversary without Chris Garland um, and Jimmy Mann, who joined me on the podcast earlier in the week. It's uh, yeah, lives right up north, so unfortunately couldn't make it down. But uh, all all honoured um, and a big thank you for their sacrifice. Right, a little bit of admin before we get going. Um, so, Matt, we did the Coventry podcast on the way home in the car. Uh, didn't have any spreadsheets on us, and not that, that time of night, about half 10, 11 o'clock, the mathematics brain wasn't able to compute an average rating. But what was the average rating, and uh, who was the winner? Yeah, the average rating was 6.14, um, and the winner was Lee Granger. Ah. So, if Lee wants to drop you a note of his. Um, his address or maybe meet you at Downing Cricket Club. Or <laughs> <laughs> you see him uh, at Mangotsfield Football Club or somewhere. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, somewhere but yeah, Lee, Lee was the closest with 6.23. Okay, so Lee wins uh, uh, a coaster or beer mat, whatever you want to call it, three peeps branded. Um, and then the Cider Reds magazine uh, programme was out yesterday as well, Matt. A lovely front cover, as, as always, from RJ Wallace, friend of the show. Uh, give us your highlights on, on that, that edition. Yeah, I mean, I, I am interested in in the championship, but I don't necessarily know the ins and outs of every team. Um, so I always find the ones to watch a, a particularly interesting bit inside the Reds. Um, and then when you look at the former players, there's always one in there that you kind of think, did he really play for Leeds? Um, and for me, Enoch Shawumne, I completely kind of oh, forgot yeah. that Enoch Enoch played for Leeds. Um, and then you've always always got the historical element, and th and this time was. Um, an article around Danny Bartley, who we've had the pleasure of meeting, the, another lovely gentleman. Mm. Um, so that was really good. And they always do the, the really good piece on the the Chris Garland legend, um, again, looking back at the history. So it's it's always a really, really good read. Um, and I'd encourage anybody, I mean, you can, you can buy it um, as you walk into most of the entrances, pay by cash or card. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd encourage people to, to buy it, definitely. Yeah, and uh, Thursday night we had a great evening out at Twenty Men and Hours, and uh, great, great work from Neil Palmer and Sally Palmer to get those events on. It was a lovely, lovely venue at Oldland Village Hall, quite local for us. And the guests were Lewis Carey, Matt, obviously Bristol City legend, and Bristol Rovers captain Sam Finley. I think that was his name. Yeah, um, but I mean... what, what a great evening! And uh, you know, we we've heard from from Lewis. Jeff and Gary all on this podcast, but um, first time I'd ever seen or met 
and heard from uh, the Rovers captain. I was really impressed with his banter, to be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I was privileged enough to go to the, the first one as well. And they, they are different because obviously you've got different guests and you get asked different questions. There's a theme because it's football related in players. So you want to know, you know, best players, best managers, you know, little insights. But it, it was brilliant. Um, and I have to say, as much as I loved hearing from Lewis, and I did in, you know, Lewis was very open and honest about his time at City, about his time working with Southampton and saying just kind of what a different level um, Hassan Hootl or whatever it's... Yeah, he got it right. Was it right? Yeah. Um, What a different level he is. Talked about his time obviously at City and, you know, hasn't ever been approached about coming back in any kind of capacity. But Sam Finley was the one that I was really impressed with. Really open and honest. Didn't skirt around anything. Talked about Joey Barton and his kind of managerial um, capabilities, both both good and bad. You know, it wasn't um, in any way, you know, with any of the, the ones I've been to, there's no kind of slag fest or something that you kind of think, God, if that gets out, you know, it's not like that. And I don't, I don't think anything does necessarily get out because it's in in the room in people is it probably an event patch where you don't see lots of video phones out and people are just interested in what's being said but he was really honest Sam Finley and I got to speak to him afterwards and just said to him just how impressed I was with the way that he spoke and I think Ravens have got a bit of a, a bit of a diamond there in terms of a man um at a club captain it so yeah credit credit to him um and a, a really good night and I know they're looking to do similar events in Kingswood um, and one at Stoke Lane, which um, Danny Coles, I think, is is lined up for. So well, that's, both, where, both that's, where, uh, that's where Danny started his football, yeah. I think. Yeah, both red and blue in the room. Um, no kind of, you know, no no problems at all with it. Um, so, yeah, no, it was, it was great. It's all, always a really good laugh and makes you realise what you miss with Jeff Twentyman, I think, Patch. Um, <laughs> because he's just so on it and he, he, he'll ask a question, gets an answer and then fires back with a question. It's always, you know, and obviously he's got that experience, but no, really enjoyable night. I'd, I'd encourage, um, you know, anybody that can for the future events, it, you know, it's reasonable. I think it's about £15, but you get a free pie and a pint. Yeah, um, lovely. And, and a couple of hours of really good entertainment. So, yeah. Okay. Um, right. Let's touch on the, the transfer window. So just to remind people what's happened in January, we've had Taylor Gardner Hickman converted from uh, loan to perm. We we've had um, Adire Mabude um, yeah. from KVC Westerlo. Uh, that's a loan to the end of the season. Adam Murphy from St. Patrick's, who's uh, currently in, in pre-season because effectively his season ended only only a month or so ago. Uh, Josh Stokes was um, signed from Aldershot, but loaned back. Uh, Scott Twine came in from Burnley on loan, obviously played played one, scored one, and, and now got a, a, an injury, but hopefully back very soon. And then Max Bird as well was uh, right at the end of, of the deadline, uh, who's who's come in and also been loaned back. Out goes Andre, Andreas Weiman to West Brom on loan. Um, Josh Stokes obviously back and Max Bird back and then Sam Pearson released. So quite a lot of activity over over the month, James. Um, your pick of of that, that summation of, of January? I guess I, I it would be it would be wrong of me to to do too much analysis. I don't know the players all that well. Scott Twine I saw um and he impressed me uh, greatly. Um I know you mentioned on the pod before about TGH, right? Whether what was the rush to to sign him and maybe there was a reason 
I think it was the Andy Vyman interaction. Okay, okay. Um, and he's he's been impressive without blowing my socks off, I guess. Um, I do feel like it's it, it's it wasn't a transfer window for this season. I feel like it strengthened us for, for for next year, and I think we need to be realistic about that. I know people were crying out for oh, we need a new striker, um, and maybe that maybe that is true. Uh, but I think that that's a it's a very positive window, but perhaps just not for not for this season. It's certainly not weakened us. Um, I think it's certainly strengthened us, but perhaps not immediately. Yeah, Matt, holding on to in particular Con- Conway and Pring, who have been names touted in and around the, the the transfer speculation. Holding on to them obviously is is a is a big thing, um, and hopefully we can tie Tommy down very soon to a new contract. But um, yeah, James, what James said there about a, a, a transfer window for the future, I think is a is a good summation. And um, your thoughts on some of those, Matt, and and also. The fact that obviously Tins was on Radio Bristol last night. I haven't listened to the whole interview, but he, he effectively said they know what they're going after now in the summer, which is what we've been saying is if we're going to play this way, we need that six foot two, six foot three, powerful striker around 23, 24, looking abroad as well as at home. Yeah, I, I echo what James said. Um, it, it feels very much one for, I'm not even sure how much is next season and beyond with the likes, certainly of, of, of Stokes and um, Murphy. Murphy, yeah. Um, we don't know about Mbudi. We, you know, I've, I've seen the the YouTube clips, um, but that's at youth level, a lot of that. And so you, you, you don't know what you've got there. Um, I guess the, I think that the the flavour of what a lot of fans will be thinking, and funny enough, chatting with Gary Hours last night, um, we we're not a million miles away in terms of position and points from that final playoff place. We're a million miles away from Leeds United. Let me make that clear. Um, and it just felt that maybe with one or two additions now ready to come in now of the ilk of Twine. Um, that we, you know, we may have pushed on, and I think some fans are seeing the signings of Bird with going back and boot, you know, not so much maybe and Booty, but we don't know because he's still young. But Stokes Murphy, etc., is very much for next season. And are we therefore writing this season off, um, which would would be disappointing? And I, and I don't necessarily think anybody's doing that from a fan's point of view. I, you know, I said last night, I think we'll end up finishing probably where we are now around. 12th, 13th, which isn't progression. We know that. And then we have to see what the summer brings. Um, but, you know, and, and Boudet potentially could be a really exciting talent. We don't know. Stokes, absolutely. But again, it's, you know, it's a big, big step up from where he's playing currently in the National League. Murphy, big step up from the Irish League. Um, and then it is about what we do in the summer. And, and you're right, Brian, I've listened to the Brian Tinian interview, as always with Brian. He was very candid, very open talked about funds being available, knowing that they want to go out for that physical number nine, knowing that they will have to look for a number 10. And if Twine, um, they can't sort of deal out for that. There is nothing in place for Twine. Um, he made that clear. They know kind of what they'll be looking at in terms of cost for Twine. Um, but he also sort of said, you know, it's up to him to show that we want him and that he he then wants to stay. So it, I guess I was slightly frustrated with with january um i always find it really annoying that so much gets done right at the end of the month 
Um, I think you're right about TGH. I think that apps and, and Brian alluded to the fact that the Andy Vyman deal meant that we got TGH on a better deal than we would have got him in the summer. So that, that makes sense. Um, but it also makes you think with what we've got coming up, the Tommy Conway situation, you know, I've seen, I've seen fans talking about it and he, and it, again, Gary alluded to on the radio, you know, Tommy is, is big mates with Alex Scott, as we know. So, you know, I, I don't discuss my salary with mates, but it, it does happen. And it might be the sort of thing that Alex says, you'll never guess what I'm earning. It's, you know, X, Y, and Z. <laughs> and so what young man isn't going to think, you know, he's ambitious. He's he's made it into a Scotland camp. He wants, you know, the, the, the 21 he, he wants to be playing in the Premier League like Alex. So, you know, I, I hope he signs because if he doesn't, with a year to go, that would be probably a a transfer out in the summer because they will look to see what, what they can do because you can't afford to let Tommy run his contract down. So I think summer's going to be massive patch. Yeah, interesting you say about the, the Scotland camp. Um, I don't know if you saw the Robins uncut video did, with yeah, Mbappe's yeah. Uh, yeah. first day, but obviously Tommy knows him from his yeah. time with the, with the Scotland team. Um, uh, Max Bird obviously knows uh, Jason, Jason Knight. Knight. So yeah. uh, there's lots of connections which I think can only help breed that culture that, and, that is developing. And, and certainly energy and, and again saying it on this pod time and time again but the, the top, top teams in any division are the teams that play with pace and Leeds last night, it was frightening the, the difference between Leeds and us last night. Leeds were yeah, Somerville was 20, just 20, ele- 20, electric. Yeah, Leeds were 25% better than Nottingham Forest and West Ham yeah, they they were that good. Now again, our levels definitely were lower than they were in those games, but Leeds were that good. The lad in midfield whose name escapes me, and I'll have to look at it. But a big lad, Routier, um, something like that. I'll have to look at it. Mm. I thought he was unbelievable. Um, the way they moved the ball, but I also, as I say, you've got to balance it that our levels weren't anywhere near the levels that we've hit. Um, you know, of 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 late at all. So. You know, you've got to temper that a bit. But I do think no, no one needs to panic. We don't need to keep referring to previous regimes. We never did it with Nigel Pearson talking about Lee Johnson or, you know, managers that had gone before, Steve Cottrell. So we need to move on from that completely. Let Liam Manning see what he can do the rest of the season and then see what the summer brings. I guess when you see the, the other sort of, I suppose, transfer news patch, Famara going to Cardiff, um, mm. Now, did we need a Famara type player? Yes, absolutely. Um, and Tins talked about not Famara, but talked about wanting a physical number nine, but a physical number nine that can twenty-three, move. twenty-four. Yeah, move and in twenty-three, twenty-four. It's the high so press. Well. Was, yeah, Famara was never going to fit our, you know, style at the moment, and and he's done nothing in the last couple of years. Um, but when you see him going to Cardiff, I mean, I think. <laughs> Probably other than the Rovers, going to Cardiff is the the one that you don't want to see any of our players going to, isn't it? But you know, we they they they're signing. Everyone's just got a, not everyone. A lot of well, we, a lot of fans love, have got a massive Samara, soft, soft spot for yeah, exactly. for him and yeah. the way that he was. And I would have taken him back on a six months loan. I know you would have, um, yeah. but you're not getting rid of Andy Vyman. You're signing Joe Williams and <laughs> Matty James and Andy King. So yeah, yeah, just one Thank big God you're family not in recruitment. Yeah, yeah. Um, James, interesting points Matt has raised there. One one point around 
Leeds having that multi-million pound squad and the fact that they all performed last night at sevens and eights and maybe even a nine in there as well. And we didn't. We we didn't perform at our usual level. And, you know, look at the average ratings we, we've, we've had coming in from fans a bit later, but seeing them on X or Twitter, they're, they're all around the five. So if we don't perform up around the same level against a team that's got that multi-million pound talent, we're, we're not going to win. No, exa- exactly right. I mean, you, you have to, uh, in my opinion, you have to equate it to a game like Forest, like West Ham, and the, the the performance, the effort you have to you have to put in against teams of that of that quality. You know, I saw a debate earlier on with you know, people talk about Leeds being a, a Premier League team, or technically they're a championship team, but when you've got that amount of money um, and the, you've got a squad with being paid that amount, it does feel like it's a different league. We just didn't step up last night like we did against Forest, like we did against West Ham. Um, and I would suggest we got lucky only losing one nil. Uh, uh, so, so yeah, it, it, this is this is you know it it wasn't at all wasn't it close didn't we didn't we do okay no we didn't um, and I, I I hate it like it's always really simplistic to kind of go oh there was a lack of effort or there was a lack of desire I I I think that's a can often be a bit of a, a say a bit of a lazy statement because you can't quite find the answer as to why it didn't work out I don't think there's a lack of desire on that on that pitch. I felt as though probably for the first time, me watching a, a, a Manning side, there was, uh, I say like a lack, of, a lack of clarity. It's kind of what I was saying under under. Uh, oh, sorry, you you were just told me don't talk about previous managers. I'm just about to, <laughs> sorry, Matt. no, no. Um, but I felt as though there wasn't a clear direction about what do we do next. We've got the ball. What are we going to do with it? Um, and I felt for the first time last night watching it I felt as though there was a lack of clarity and therefore frustration I saw McCrory getting incredibly frustrated Pring getting incredibly frustrated um so you know when you're seeing people getting frustrated that's not a lack of desire yeah. um you saw people you know flying in the effort was definitely there but the quality um of their 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 play and their clarity of thinking just didn't seem to be there how much of that came from um the the, the manager and the the squad, that's uh, right, not the squad, sorry, the, the, the coaching staff. Maybe we'll come on to discuss that when we when we talk about the scores. But yeah, and, and also I think like, you know, you don't, you generally don't go through a season without a game like that anyway. Um, yeah, and I'd we- rather it be against the top, top team and only lose one nil than it be, let's call it like a, a rival. Um, it's, that, that's my thoughts on it. I guess for me, it, it brings back into the debate the whole, um, parachute payment situation because if you if you look at the top of the league you've got Leicester Leeds Southampton who are head and shoulders above pretty much everybody apart from Ipswich I would say Ipswich have done really well Coventry have you know that they're, they're they're doing really well now um but it feels like you're not you're not playing for a top six anymore you're playing for you know a, a, a sort of fourth fifth sixth place maybe even a fifth sixth place and that's just not good from a competition point of view. In you know, it got asked on on Thursday patch, didn't it, about why can we not get to the Premier League and why the teams like um, Brentford in Luton in Bournemouth. And it isn't about investment because Brentford, Luton, in Bournemouth getting to the Premier League, they weren't spending millions upon millions to get in there. Bournemouth maybe maybe slightly different to be fair because they did throw money at it at the end. 
but the likes of Luton in Brentford never were. And Steve Lansdowne has thrown millions and millions and millions at it. And this isn't about, um, you know, sticking up for Steve Lansdowne. Not at all. It's just at times you get the right fit with the right group of players, like we had with Steve Cottrell. It all just clicks, who, doesn't it? Yeah. Exactly. It has Steve Cottrell wasn't the choice for a lot of fans. Me Including yourself, yeah. Absolutely. But he bought well in that division. And that's what I'm kind of hoping will happen in the summer with Liam Manning. He will get in the sort of players. You know, we've seen what Jason Knight's brought to this team. And I know he's not a Liam Manning signing, but Jason Knight with the energy. I don't think he's being played in the right position, but that's another sort of story. But Max Bird coming in with that, if Mbudi has that pace and technical capability and they then sign two or three others, and you know, if Stokes and Murphy can step up, if Seth Palmer Holden can come back in the way that Tommy Conway came back that pre-season and then force his way in, um, it's very easy after a result like that to, to be doom and gloom and me saying five at the start and James is absolutely spot on with saying, you know, you, you, you try not to let it affect you. And I think the point James makes about clarity is totally on last well, night. We've had it, we didn't. I've got a view on that. I, I think it, it's kind of a bit about clarity and a bit about the fact that Leeds just had done their homework and they blocked every pass. They forced us to make errors. They were closing down. Yeah. But there was a lot of individual errors last night, obviously, yeah. as well, which is nothing to do with, with Leeds. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just think that there was a lot of passes cut out that, that on a different game would have been threaded through. You need your, in, in again, sorry to keep saying agreeing with James, but you need, in the way that we did with West Ham and Forest, your, all of your players to perform. And last night, other than Max O'Leary for me, um, and, and maybe Tommy to an extent, um, night at times but the rest of them the, the the big players the Rob Dickies the Zach Viners that we've had this season were nowhere near their levels last night and when you have and they've that, set themselves such a high level haven't exactly. they? they they have and, been great this season yeah and you're, you're talking about a team that came out of the Premier League and last night's win put them second and I think that was either five or six wins on the bench so you know, we knew we were up against it and, and there, there were just little, and we'll, and we'll talk about it with the game, that there were moments I didn't think tactically we got it right. We didn't change it, you know, when we needed to change it. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it just wasn't one. Now I've got a, a mate who's a Leeds fan and I, I kind of got in there first and just messaged him and said, best side I've seen, we were never in it. I yeah. kind of almost end the conversation really. Okay, let's get to the match then. And the starting lineup was O'Leary in goal, the back three of Tanner, Viner, and Dickey, with McCrory and Pring um, in the, the right and left wing back roles, James and Williams in the middle, and then a front three of Knight, Wells, and Conway James, which uh, I was quite excited about. See, because it was how we finished up at Coventry with Wells and Conway on the pitch at the same time, and Conway linking up with Wells and setting up. The, the goal for Naki Wells. Um, playing as a three, I think Conway was on the left, Wells is in the middle, and then and then Knight on the right. But it's all very fluid. And I, I just thought, if we can see Wells and Conway up top together and Jason Knight in behind, that would work really well. So at the start of the game, I was quite buoyant. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess uh, I've probably learned a little bit like, that I see the team down, and of course, 
sometimes they put it in like numerical order and you can't quite work out exactly what the what the, the lineups lineups going to be um i did i did think it was going to be wells and um and conway up top with it, like you said with knight behind it didn't play out like that um and then you you mentioned fluidity but it it didn't seem like it was fluid um in a positive sense for me it felt like it was almost uh let's say unstructured um and that's not always a bad thing but i i just i couldn't again all like all over the pitch i couldn't see what the the patterns of play were meant to be um i so i sit um just for uh, clarity for for people the listeners i've only i got a half season ticket i sit near enough on the halfway line um and so i you almost watch two different matches don't you you're kind of watching the players your le- your left wingers you know you got a, the first half will be looking at what pring's doing looking at what he's moaning about and the second half you you get a different different view of it and, and you've I got really a great try... view great view of the bench as well James. yeah you see yeah see what's going see what's going on on the bench as well yeah and it, it's really i find it really interesting i sometimes find myself like preparing for this this podcast even if i'm not not going to be on now i'm thinking oh let's watch let's watch what these players are, are doing and um, I'm, I'm really fascinated by um, about Pring. I um, you know how much of a quality player he is, but him trying to find that ideal person to play with on the on the left hand side. So what they'll often do is they'll often clear out the left to leave space for Pring, but there is then no option for him if he gets it in a left back position. Uh, Mometi has been, in my opinion, the best option for him. Although I'm not sold on him as a player, and last night I felt as though he was often uh, in the first half very much stranded. He, if Pring would get the ball on the left, there would be no no further option for him. They were trying to force the ball to him. Viner across to him. Uh, Dickey trying to force the ball through and it getting intercepted. Max basically passing the ball to me instead of passing the ball to to to, to Pring. Um, so going back to your your original point of like, like that front three, uh, I I just. I found it almost confusing when I was watching it. Um, it was definitely seemed to me as though Conway more so on the left, but it just didn't feel like it suited any of them. Uh, that that's kind of my 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 view of it. Yeah, Matt. I mean, uh, Liam Manning um, is a better tactician than than us three, as he's a manager of a Championship football club. But for me, having seen Wells and Conway up top together, this was an opportunity to see it, and I don't feel like we really did. Tommy came on in, and did well at Coventry, sort of coming from the left. But that isn't Tommy Conway's best position. Yes, I know he came on at Rotherham and scored two goals from kind of coming in from the left, but was, was a bit more of a 10 when he, he came on then. Um, I, I was hoping that it would have, they would have gone Naki and Tommy as a two down the middle and Jason Knight in behind. I don't see Jason Knight at all Is that forward sort of, you know, additional body there, other than he, you know, he, he can break the lines in with his press, but when he gets an opportunity, he, he just hasn't got that natural strikers, knives and, and finishing ability. So I was disappointed and and the way that we, the, the, the game kind of panned out, yeah, campering was isolated. It's difficult when you've got those two, if you you went with those two and, and night in behind, you then need Pring and McCroy to be the bombers that can get forward and put the balls in the box. And I don't think either really do that. I mean, Cam can get there, but actually how many crosses does Cam tend to put in during a game? Um, 
you know, he, he tends to sort of make the run and then play it back inside or whatever. So it, it was a difficult one. And then when we were talking about it, it's like, well, what, what do you change? Because it clearly wasn't working. But I think you saw the best of Tommy when Naki went off and Tommy went down the middle. Mm. You know, that, that was when Tommy kind of came came alive. Um, James's point, it, 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 it wasn't fluid. Probably the only one that it worked for was Naki because he played in a position that he knows. But for the other two, I just don't see it working. And I guess that's probably the biggest concern for lots of Bristol City fans around Liam Manning's game so far. And not all of them, because obviously we've seen it at Watford. And, and sometimes it's about you take the chance. And when the chance yeah. comes, that changes the, the opposition game plan, their style of play. But at the moment, we're not really creating much, are we? Um, I, I hark back they're, to they're playing uh, off scraps. The, my my time when I used to play a lot of championship manager and, and those sorts of games. And when you put a player not in their position, they're, they're, they're almost their score out of 10 drops, drops yeah. down. Um, but so it's, it's an interesting one. And it highlighted for me in the last few games just how much we're missing Mark Sykes because... He, he is someone who can fly, who can score goals as well. Uh, in that 3-4-3 formation, Matt, where do you see Sykes coming back in? As the right of the three or in the McCrory sort of slot? I think it depends the opposition. Um, and it depends whether we go with the three or we go with the four. Um, I think if we go with the four, then McCrory probably gets the place over George as the right back. Um but I would probably the, right the way that Liam. Back, do you mean? Or? No, no, no. Oh, in the, in the back, in a four, right? right okay. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think with the way that Liam Manning seems to like to set up, it would probably be in the right of the three, and with Knight then dropping back into to midfield. And I, I think that's where I want to see Jason Knight, and probably where we will see him next season with Max Bird. Interestingly um, enough, um, speaking to an Aberdeen fan in the week, he said that's where he would like to see Ross McCrory play in that too, in the the James Williams of last night. That's yeah. where he would play Ross McCrory, having seen him play for Aberdeen multiple times. I think he's he, he strikes me at the moment, and it's still very difficult to gauge because he's probably still only 80-85% fit. And actually, I'm not sure how much fitter he's going to get to the rest of the season. He probably needs a pre-season to be able to go again. Um, but I'm not sure McCrory's got the the speed from that kind of role. Maybe he, he kind of then is more Matty James. What I like about McCrory is he, he's tenacious and comes out with the ball when you think, how's he come out of that with that? But he isn't blessed with huge pace, is he? So, or doesn't seem to be. And that, again, might just be because of where he's at in terms of his, his progression so far. Um, but yeah, I, I could see him as a right back easily. I think that's where he sees himself as his best position. I think he is. I think he is blessed with pace, and it might just be that he hasn't had the chance to open his yeah. legs up, um, yeah. and he does come inside a lot and try and try and but take the ball inside. But we don't create much from wide, do we? Maybe, maybe that's where Mbudi comes in, and I don't know again how he sees him playing. Um, but I just felt it was a last night was the first time under Manning that I thought I'm not I'm not really sure what I'm looking at here, and and. It, it felt sometimes like we, we were almost kind of just watching Leeds and thinking, God, they're really good, aren't they? And what do we do type <laughs> scenario? And I know it, was, it wasn't it was that, but right. yeah, I, I, I lost a little bit of um, clarity myself last night in what we were doing. Yeah. Okay. James? Uh, I'm not a fan of seeing Williams and James in the, in the same team either. I think 
it's a one or the other. Um, you know, and I don't want to do a disservice to either one of them. They've both been great players. They're both very good players. I think Williams, for me, is the better player. I'd rather see him in the team than than, than James. I think that James uh, drops too deep, and and we end up uh, currently with a back four because he just sits sits in front of that. Um, I think what I've seen of Williams um, this season, I've I've been really impressed with him, um, and I think that he. Um, it, what, what's the situation with this contract? I've heard you uh, talk about that before. Yeah, yeah I'd, but, I'd like to see him stay on for another season, but I don't think there's a need necessarily for the for the two of them to stay on. And I'm talking purely about what you see on the on the pitch. Yeah. You obviously don't know what they contribute uh, uh, behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, so neither bad players, but I, I don't yeah. think it's the, the future. I don't think there's any way both of them get new deals. Um, and actually, I'm probably in the boat at the moment that I think from a club point of view, I don't think either will be offered terms. Um, if there was, it, w- it would definitely be Joe Williams. I know that Liam Manning has talked up about Matty James and obviously he's, he's currently captain. But yeah, I, I, I think, again, you looked at that game last night and we, we, they were just passing past him. I think know, with Matty James last night, he was probably in there as he uh, Manning knew what Leeds were going to bring and Matty James has played against teams much better than Leeds in years it, gone it, by. And if if Liam Manning picked it on that basis patch, I don't think he did know what Leeds were going to bring because the the speed and the movement in their midfield, Matty James is getting nowhere near that. Taylor no, struggled when he came I, on. I was I was gonna go on to say from an experience point of view and and being able to deal with threats like that, um yes. and having having someone like Matty James on the pitch to try and almost control control the players around him in that sort of central position. But, you know, you look at Tommy Conway last night, I think he was, he was the one who was kind of saying, right, calm down lads, you know, point, point in and gestate in yeah, and, and things like it, that. I mean, there was, there was a couple of moments and, and we'll get um, onto the game in a minute, everyone. Yeah. 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 But when, when we, we, we were, we were 14 losing, minutes in, <laughs> we were losing and we were looking to go forward and, and Matty James was telling Zach Viner and Rob Dickey when we had the ball just to kind of slow it down. And it was like, we, we couldn't slow it down anymore if we tried last night. <laughs> um, and I think he's a, he's a great servant and very much probably like Chris Martin, Chris Martin, you know, did really well for us, but at the, the top end that you want to get to, you need legs, you need speed. And Matty James hasn't got that. And if Matty James is in our team next season, we will not be progressing in the way that we want to progress. That's just the way it is. Joe Williams has probably done himself a favour with the way that he's played the last two months. That's probably, you know, I would be surprised if they don't discuss with Joe, but I don't know if the terms like James saying, give him a year, he's going to be looking for two years as a minimum, I would think. Um, and there will be clubs having seen him that, that will come in for him. So it's... um. It's an interesting one, but I think the midfield is definitely an area that we will upgrade on. Okay, shall we talk about the game? Well, is there anything else we can talk about? <laughs> um, anybody watching Trigger Point? Or no, I suppose we we probably ought to get to the game, didn't we? Yeah. Trigger happy, right? Okay, into the to the match then. Sorry, the eleventh minute is my first note. Is Naki Wells in and had a small window of opportunity to try and lob the keeper, who was slightly off his line, but he brought it down and his shot was blocked. Excellent, te- excellent technique from the corner from Naki Wells. Um, but uh, yeah, it was dealt with by Leeds. So that's my first note, James, the 11th minute. And it was um, City with an opportunity. 
you know what? I cannot remember that at all. I can remember the corner because <laughs> I was thinking, hang on, Naki Wells is taking the corner. Yeah. Um, and and that's I, I don't remember much about that at all. So was, apologies, apologies it, for that. It right. was a ball. Pringy Pringy won the header, mm. um, and Naki was onto it. And and like you, Patch, I thought, oh, could he? Because the keeper had come, could mm. he lob him? Actually, when you looked at it. It, it would have been an unbelievable first touch to be able to do it. Yeah. The shame of the move was that Naki's first touch then took him wide and that gave Ampadu time to make the challenge. Yeah. So if I'm yeah, through there, it's... Matt, I'm I'm lobbing the keeper first. Yeah, touch. no, I, I, right. I know, and that's that's why you're doing a podcast this morning in, in off Naki, the crossbar. Naki Wells is in a nice <laughs> bath somewhere. So <laughs> But the funny thing was everybody around us Lee sits next to me was given it. Yeah, you know, if I'd have been I can't think where Lee said he played at the time, but yeah, I'd have been taking that first time in lobbing the keeper. And it's like, yeah, it's a great game in the stands, isn't it? And FIFA. Not championship no, manager FIFA. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Right. Okay. Twelfth minute, Tanner caught out the back and leads her in. Somerville does opt, does opt for the lob. Uh, and Max saves one-handed and the danger is cleared. You must remember that one, James. Oh, I absolutely can. It looked quite comical the way that he saved it. It was all uh, just yeah. um, not not arrogant. Yeah, he just stuck his hand up, and it was yeah. So we, you know, that was our the the, the first of many um, let's say catastrophes. Awkward I guess awkward moments. Uh, yeah, that that was it, and uh, yeah, it did it looked quite comical the way that way way that he saved it, and that that danger wasn't immediately cleared, was it? They were they 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 kept on us just for a little bit afterwards, mm. but um, yeah, it was a bit of a. I thought, oh, okay, that's our that's our moment. That's the bit that that wakes us up, and yeah. we won't because because we I think every game there's one of those. Yeah. Uh, so let's okay, let's learn from that. Didn't really feel like we did. Matt Tanner rarely caught out like that. Um, is one point to make, and the second point to make is we've spoken about Max. Should he come? Should he go? At that point, he didn't made the right choice. Yeah. Um. I don't know that it's rarely caught out when he's in those one-on-one moments where, where do I give the ball? I've seen George do that a couple of times. Um, when he's faced up one-on-one, defending has been brilliant. Um, but with that one, as a fan, we're watching it going, you, you can't, you can't be beat there. Like we can see that it's only him and then a clear run on goal. Whatever he does, he can't be beat there. And he is, it's a, a poor, sort of tackle, touch, tackle, Somerville's through. So probably the good thing is Max's position where he was, um, and understandably he was where he was because of expecting perhaps a, a ball back from George. He retreats enough that makes Somerville think I can lob him still. Yeah. And then he makes a save. It it was actually a really poor finish because it wasn't, mm. Max, Max can save that 10, 10 times out of 10 when it's played like, like it was. Um, but yeah, you know, you just hope that it was like, right, that's the moment. Shake us up. Come on. That's that's ridiculous. Great for Max on the back of Tuesday night. Um, because he obviously got a fair bit of stick at the, the, the Coventry goal. Um, so it was really good for Max to bounce back in the way that he did. But we should never have been in that position. It was just really poor defending. And and I was chatting to my brother this morning, um, and the first words he said to me was, God. Tanner's absolute rubbish and he's not going he's watched it on the TV <laughs> and I said to him do you know what Chris he's, he's absolutely not he's been really really good the last mm-hmm. sort of two months um, and, and that's the case with George so I hope that he doesn't get a lot of stick for it because it was a mistake and I thought no, he's after built that, up a he lot recovered, of credit hasn't he yeah and after that I thought he recovered quite well and, and didn't get beat a huge amount but again he's up against Somerville who is 
unbelievable. Um, what's his name? Nonto, unbelievable. Bamford running rings around him. So, but yeah, it it, it was shocking defending. You can't you can't see anything else, can you? Okay, uh, the 15th to 17th minute after the tragic events um, of this week, there was a two minutes applause uh, for Mason Wrist and Max Dixon, and that was really well observed all around the ground for two whole minutes. And I'm out, I can't recall a two-minute applause like that um, for quite some time, and it was just so well observed. I was... Um privileged to be in the position that I was to be able to see the whole of the ground and in its entirety upper lands down standing every yeah everybody stood up and were clapping for two minutes Leeds United fans are absolute credit to their club to do the same um and they they stood up for that period of time a, a hugely tragic event you can't even begin to think what their families must be going through um, but you know for the club to put put their pictures up as they did and for everybody to observe that um, a, a really minute thing that the families, you know, at least know that that went on. Um, mm. You know, in no, in no way does it <laughs> do anything other than let them know that people were thinking about them last night. But like you say, Patch, I, I don't know that I can ever recall something as well observed as that, and certainly for two minutes, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, into the 19th minute, it's uh, Patrick Bamford shot well saved uh, by Max O'Leary James. So as I think we've said already in the previous 45 minutes of this podcast that, that Patrick Bamford showed up well and he's not been getting a huge amount of game time as I understand it because I do listen to his podcast with Joe Wilkinson. If you, if you haven't listened to that, it's worth a, worth a listen. Yeah, I, I just, um, I think I can't remember what somebody said on a, a group this morning, just he played well enough without really breaking a sweat. He just you could see that the guy sort of oozed class without having to really demonstrate it. He's way bigger than I thought he would be as well. I didn't, didn't realize he was the, the, the size he is, but just everything he did, he just, he just looked like a, an absolute quality, quality player. Um, except he didn't score there, did he? But no, um, no. <laughs> yeah. See, he just, just a, yeah. Well, I, I don't know whether as a, as a supporter, you kind of, you see a top quality player like that and therefore you almost, you believe you're watching them with a kind of sense of awe yeah. or whether whether he actually earns that in in within the game i sort of felt watching him i it was more of an awe kind of thing um from 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 my perspective but yeah a quality player okay 22nd minute Sad, sorry Pat, just on that on. but sad sadly was wearing gloves at the start of the game was he dear, oh dear i noticed yeah. mametti definitely was when he came on which yeah um... no ba bamford was and then he threw them to max and then max then threw them in the crowd <laughs> oh, <did he>? yeah. <laughs> oh, God. yeah um it wasn't like a benny lenartson moment they didn't throw him back at max <laughs> they didn't did throw they? Him back. No, no they didn't no okay uh 22nd minute dicky tries to thread a pass to pring out wide but loses the ball and the foot race but luckily the chance isn't taken by leeds matt do you know, Patch, it, this kind of summed up our performance last night. Um, it was such a simple pass to make, such a simple pass to make. He had acres of space to play it into um, and wrote a letter saying, this is where I'm going to put it, to then get intercepted and then to lose the foot race in the manner that he did um, was just Christ almighty. Like, you know, that is just embarrassing 
Um, and another player that has been really, really good of late, but just was nowhere near the levels last night. And yeah, it it, it must be so frustrating for the likes of Pring when you, you're making those lung bursting up and down runs, you get the space. And I don't think we found him enough last night. He was in a lot of space at times. Mm. And you make that run and, and a simple pass is just so so poorly executed. Um, and you're right to say about Leeds anticipating and pressing and closing down. And, but that's a pass that, that the defender's got, at, or midfielder's got absolutely no right to be anywhere near getting because it was that easy a pass. So, and if yeah, it, is it, a, it summed it, it up. If it is a tight gap, then you need to lob the pass over the top rather than trying or, to yeah, thread it or, through the middle. Or, or, do what Liam Manning was doing at the start, recycle it and, you know, look for the, a, a better option. But mm. yeah, Dick, Dickie's passing last night was was very, very off, as was Zach Viners. Yep. Okay, 33rd minute, Zach dives in on Bamford at the touchline, doesn't win the ball. The chance is blocked, but falls to another Leeds player. And Max makes a great point-blank save, James, with his legs. So at this point, this time, it's Zach diving in. Uncharacteristically of both of them, we have to stress, um, not winning the ball. But uh, Leeds are in, and Max has saved us again. I Do you know what, man? I must have done such an amazing job of trying to, to cancel this game out in my, in my mind. I guess in my my head, I'm just I'm just picturing, you know, chance after chance and and, and Max just making save after save. So I, yeah. I can't comment on a particular uh, uh, that particular incident, but I thought I thought Max was uh, was outstanding uh, with his his body in his hands last night. Maybe not at the ball at his feet. Um, but I, you know, he was a, a absolute quality, particularly in the in in the first half. Yeah, no, fair point. And and Matt Zach rarely, if he dives in, he's he's winning the ball nine times out of ten. But just last night, didn't come off for him. Seemed to kind of go wrong foot. He he went with his right foot coming across as opposed to going his left foot in round. Um, and then worryingly looked like he'd injured his his sort of um his arm because he was then dang for a, a, a period of time sort of holding his arm. And then in the next passages of play, his arm was very sort of limp down, like he was holding it as if he broke his wrist or, but it seemed to be more of his arm. Um, but yeah, you, you, it's that thing. You don't make, you don't go to ground unless you're going to win the ball. And he dives in, goes to ground. And when you're talking about great players like Leeds had last night, you've got to be a hundred percent sure you're going to get there. And, you know, it, it, it was, a really good move from them. Um, again, we were a little slow to kind of cut it down, cut it out. Um, but they, it, it, if it's the one I'm thinking of, he played it back into the area and there was a lead man there, but he didn't even look to play it. And that's what we don't seem to do. We we play a ball into an area and there's no one there. Whereas last <laughs> night, it seemed to be finding leads. And that was, as I say, all to do with their movement and technically on the ball, they were so much better than us. You think, mentioned a minute ago. Sorry, James, go on. I was just going to say, I think that, that we've probably all played, whether it's in a five-a-side game, 11-a-side game, whatever kind of game it was, where your team is just getting battered and yeah. you cannot, for the life of you, get it sorted. And you could yeah. play the same, you know, it could be a game you play every every Monday night, same group of 10 people, and this one one week, it just goes wrong for you and yeah, every, everything off. goes wrong. And that's what last night felt like to me. And you just we've just given three examples there. We've said... Tanner got beaten. He doesn't normally get beaten. Dicky, we've just criticised his, his passing, and his passing is, and you just said, Matt, his passing is normally fantastic, particularly yep. simple passes like that. But some of his, for, for I always look at him, I think a guy that big and his ability on the ball is fantastic. It yep. wasn't last night. Viner uh, down on the ground and and not doing the job that you would you would say ninety nine times out of hundred he would do. It was like 
everything that could possibly be done badly last night was and maybe that's something we should celebrate that we just got it all out of our system last night and then only lost one nil well again boring saying about being on the radio but i said actually was was a positive from a goal difference point of view it was only one because it wasn't a one nil game we don't get battered like in terms of number of goals do we but no, we don't. But last night we should have. Last night was about Max <laughs> Max making saves, leads poor finishing. In terms of performance last night, we you know like you said at the start, it was a one nil thrashing. Um, and actually, James, James makes a you know making some amazingly good points this year. This oh, season, I'm, this I'm, I'm listening to this podcast back just so I can get <laughs> all this but, positivity. But just thanks. just the fact that it, it, the entire team was off last night. Joe Williams wasn't winning tackles and bringing the ball out like he does. Um, you know, we we weren't creating anything up front. So, yeah, may, maybe that is a positive that actually as a team, we were really, really poor and it wasn't just the one or two individuals. So hopefully there's, there is, yeah. it, well, there's definitely improvements to be made for um, for Wednesday. Yeah. Well, Matt, you, you said a minute ago that it's pretty much summed up the game. This next bit sums up our game. Yeah. Ross McCrory cuts inside, pulled down on the edge of the box. We get a free kick. Wells and Williams are over it. Then Pring's come, Pring comes across. Williams crosses. It comes out to Pring. His shot is deflected over by McCrory. And that pretty much summed up the it, fluidity it, and the understanding of the first half. I mean, you know, you, you talked about what you would have done with Naki Wells's effort. I would have um, reversed that Beckham-esque against Ian Walker oh, into nice. the, the the far corner. But the bit for me is if I'm Cam Pring and I've run over there and it and it was for a left footer to swing it in or take a shot. And I'm not I'm not saying that Cam is a free kick expert or anything like that, but he can strike a ball. And so surely when you're on the edge of the box, left footed, give him a chance. But if I've run across the field like that, for Joe Williams to hit a pretty crap free kicks of Dickie who had to stretch at the back post, I would be proper miffed at him. Um, don't make him run across for that, because actually, it, it made no, no difference to them. Is it they're going, oh, he's a left foot, and they're going to do something slightly different here? No, they're still going to mark in the same way. They should so, yeah, know. I just thought it was, they, it was shambolic. They should know at any square inch of the yeah. field, if they get a free kick in that position, who's taking it, how yeah. they're taking it, and whether there's two options, one hand in the air, two hands yeah. in the air. Um, but for that, last minute of the first half, for me, it's a it's a left footer in swinging it on target for someone to get a glance on or the keeper to be confused. Yep. Get runners um, going across, get some pace on it. I think you, you might have said to me the other night about Pep sort of saying that when, when the ball's here in this position, this is where you'll be. This yeah. is what I want you to do. Now, Liam Manning is that style of coach. It is very stat video analysis based. So you're absolutely right, Patch. It should be when we've got a free kick in this zone. I'm expecting this, this person, person to take it and yeah. this this style. Yeah. And we know that it's it's going to be Twine going Tw- forward. Well, Twine and, and Max Bird next season look like they're both free kick takers, don't they? Well, it, it, yeah. If um, if Twine's still with us, I guess from from that point of view. But yeah, yeah. I like like you. I I I thought last night. It, it, that you're right. That that also summed it up. And how many shambolic. goals come for other teams from set pieces in corners? You yeah. know, we, we we're we're getting better at corners because we've got Jason Knight who can make a jump, Rob Dickey who can make a jump. There's players in there, 
but so often the delivery hasn't been good enough. And that well, that, the fact you've you've moved to Naki Wells taking, taking a corner last yeah. night, which you know, I think I, someone I know, pointed out that Thierry Henry used to take corners for Arsenal. So. Well, well one, one, it, um, was it under Roy Hodgson that Harry King took them when we went out in the oh, right, um, okay, yeah. the Euros or whatever it is? And I'm, I'm not saying Naki Wells shouldn't be taking a corner, but really, you want you want your striker, your number nine, as he was playing last night. You want him in the box, surely. You know, he's probably with wow. Tommy, the most natural. I think I said this on the last you know, pod. I, I'm six five and I used to take corners. Um, yeah, I know, but for, that's for my team. A, a I always go for goal. That's because you were a lazy <laughs> get or that you were trying to yeah, just put <laughs> it in the net. Did you ever score direct for a corner patch? <laughs> About three or four times, mate. Yeah. There you go. See, yeah. So once you've done it once, <laughs> that was it. No one's getting a look in. Yeah. <laughs> Have you got a scuff, scratch or dent on your vehicle? Dent Magic can fix them all. If you need the magic touch for your vehicle, visit www.dentmagic.net to get your quick quote online today. Brilliant. Right. Halftime summary from Rob. We've not really been at it, to be fair. (laughs) Beyond the first five to ten minutes and sporadically thereafter, we haven't seemed as busy as recently and we're making more mistakes too. A bit sloppier in possession than of late. It feels like we need an injection of energy, focus, and also invention. We've certainly rode our luck for a large chunk of the half. If Leeds had have been more clinical, we'd be two or more down. Conway and Knight as tens, not quite opening anything up. Think we need to rejig for the second half whilst also upping the intensity all round. I think that pretty much sums up what we've said for the last 20 minutes. Yep. Okay, uh, Leeds come out of the blocks really quick, really fast um, in the 47th minute. Get their goal. It's um, it's a ball in from the left, dummied by Bamford, and Noto is in, goes past Dickey, and fires home with pace. James, for that one, um, obviously we've seen Max makes, make a lot of important saves in the first half. I think that one just goes past him as a bit of a wobble in the air and has enough pace on it to take it into the net. Yeah, I haven't seen the, the goal back. Um, I was going to take a look at it when I got back from my dog walk and realised I actually didn't record the match on on Sky. So I'm, I'm having to rely on what I've <laughs> what I've heard about it. There was questions over whether Max dived the right way or not, uh, whether there was a deflection or not. It was came from a really weird, uh, I say weird pass. It was that like you just described it as a dummy. That ball seemed to travel an awful long way, and uh, it, it it seemed like well, how the heck has that ball got through? Um, well taken, well taken goal. A deserved goal, um, but yeah, it's the, the, you, know, you you got to start better than that in the in the in the second half. Okay, Matt, your thoughts on on the goal, which is just coming up on your screen now. Um, Zach goes in to try and win a challenge, doesn't win it, and Bamford kind of is stepping over it. Dicky um, kind of goes across to to try and block Nonto, but he'd come off of Campring and left him for, for dead, really. Um, I actually thought it was a good finish. I don't I don't apportion anything to, to Max on it, but Zach had gone in for that challenge and, and and just didn't make it. And it's just a simple ball. And we didn't we didn't talk about the, the first half, but there were three balls that were just straight balls through the middle that got over the top of Zach and George. They weren't sure whether to go and meet it to not challenge and in the end, we were reliant on poor finishing from Leeds, but also Max being able to do what he did. So it, it's a bit of a worrying trend, that that straight ball that we get beat with. Um, and the other thing we've kind of not talked about, and I don't, I don't know whether it's been said on any of the forms, I've not, I've not looked this morning, but 
there's a, a little bit of a trend, isn't there? We've conceded a fair few goals under Manning after the halftime, early goals. Yeah. And that's a little bit, again, around concentration and making sure that you, you're kind of right up for it. No one can deny Leeds absolutely deserve to be in the lead, but yeah, it, was it was such a it was another poor goal to concede and not down to great play by Leeds. Yeah. Fifty first minute Leeds are in again and this time I think it was Pring that loosed out uh, lost the ball, sorry. So um this was a ferocious break and again Max saves well. Uh so that was the 51st minute, 55th minute. Knight cross evades Conway and doesn't reach Wells, but patient build-up play. So, so James, we're 1-0 down. We're, we're still in the game in terms of scoreline. Um, and yeah, it was Knight's cross, but it it just was landed in the middle of Wells and Conway and uh, the, the, the chance was cleared. Yeah, I think the chances were few and far between when they sec- second half, but um, it, it was one of those games where I was there thinking, like, oh, I cannot see us scoring do I do I do the dreaded do I leave early? Like you, you, I only live a mile from the stadium. I've got no no excuse yeah, never, in terms of traffic never or anything. Leave early. No, and I, I so I was there thinking, come on, like you know, it's inevitable. We're not gonna gonna score it. But you, just part of me was just thinking, it just takes one day, it just takes one opportunity, which we saw a little little bit later on. Mm. But um yeah, I I think that when you've got a player of the quality of night on the field, you've got a player of the quality of Conway. In fact, you know, there is quality on our outfield. This this whole podcast has been talking about how much better Leeds were than 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 City last night. And of course they were, but there is quality in that city team. And so there is always that that hope. So I always yeah. felt as though, come on, we, we could get something. We could get something. And and unfortunately that was an opportunity that was um that that was missed. Yeah. 57th minute, Matt. Zach Viner at sixes and sevens loses out once again to Somerville and it's Dickey back to block and save his blushes on this occasion. Just a, a kind of casualness of of trying to walk the ball out and um, I know we want to play and I know, you know, we don't, um, I don't, I don't want to advocate anybody just kind of hoofing it, but it was just having that awareness of of being shut down and where you are on the pitch to know that if I lose it here, what does that mean? And yes, about being brave and everything else. For me, it was just again poor play. I don't, I don't know what Zach was doing. Fifty-eighth minutes substitution. Williams off. Taylor Gardner Hickman on. Wells off. Mametti on, which saw Conway coming into the middle, and then Mametti going um, out to the left. James. So a double substitution in the fifty-eighth minute. Yeah, I, I would have. Um... Not that this is good, was going to have a massive impact on the game. I probably would have um, kept Williams on and taken James off. Um, but going back to what I was just saying earlier on about my preference for for Williams anyway, um, and I probably as you know, much of a muchness, but I probably would have um, kept Wells on um, and taken Conway off. I have to have to admit, um, I felt as though it was the right thing to do to bring Mametti on and and potentially offer some some width, as I mentioned earlier about him. You know, offering almost support for um, uh, for Pring, I forgot his name. Uh, but you know, I'm not going to walk away from it saying, right, that was a terrible, terrible decision. A change needed to be made. It didn't really have an impact. I don't think too much, but maybe a little bit over. Mametti saw the ball a little bit, mm. um, but a change needed to be made. Yeah, Matt, definitely a change needed to be made. Something else 
had to be tr- had to be tried and uh yeah tgh coming on he's he's gonna get hold of the ball maybe a little bit more um he's able to deliver a ball at set pieces which he went on to do um and then yeah it was wells or conway for mametti or bell effectively to 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 have that you know not a number nine you wanted someone else who was going to be able to sort of jink inside and get down the get in the line i just felt that it was a bit like for like again um and maybe that's where we are in terms of what options we've got that, you know, you're not, you're not really changing tactically too, too much. Um, as I said earlier on, I thought, I thought Conway came into his own a little bit more playing centrally because um, he just wasn't in the game at all out there. Um, Anis, <laughs> Anis is still just going to, you know, I think for the, the, the entire time that he's here is going to cause debate amongst fans there are now so many fans that just aren't having Anis he's he's not doing enough um to warrant anybody thinking that he's 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 good enough to be where we want to be in the championship he has to do better than he is um but yeah I, I just don't know that we had we had many options and you you then knew the next one was going to be what it was so um I, I don't know what I would have done to be fair. Um, I might have, I would have gone with the Williams over James, I have to say. Um, but then that's an interesting one because um, TGH is suspended for the Forest game, isn't he? So those two yeah. are likely to play. Maybe, maybe Roberts is an option in there. Um, you know, maybe. I don't know, Sam Bell coming on, but McCrory then going in there or something, but it just needed to change. Um, And it didn't feel like, it was probably our best passenger play actually after those subs, but not really because we did, you know, I never felt we were in the game. I never felt we were in the game. I felt as though the, um, were there any three substitutions weren't there last, last night? I felt as though there probably could have been more. It was a tired looking team. Yeah. Um, it was a team that was definitely, you know, it, it wasn't looking like we were knocking on the door all the time. Um, and if we've got a game on on Wednesday, I know there is a bit of a gap, a, a chance to to recover. But I think, you know, if we're saying that, uh, did you just say that uh, Gardner Hickman suspended for I'm sure for Wednesday? he suspended and, and Campring, yeah. Yeah, so um, maybe we should have seen more of Gardner Hickman last night and given one of the exactly. other guys a bit, and, bit, bit, and, bit more of a rest. And that's the thing with it, isn't it? Why would you not have started him last night knowing he's not then playing Wednesday? Just a, a yeah. bit of a strange one for me, that. Yeah. And then um, I just, I, I, while we got the opportunity with Mimeti and while I've got the opportunity on the podcast, uh, I, I, I'm one of those, but I'm still 50-50 on the guy. I mean, undoubtedly incredibly skillful player and there's question marks over his end, end product. I think that's what the most common sort of comments will be about about him. I also um, I can't go back to like sort of studying the players when you sat in the stands. He just he doesn't have need a lot of direction from from Manning from Pring. It's as though his ability is based with the ball at his feet, not necessarily uh, an awareness of where he needs to be on the pitch. It's like every movement he has to make, um, like last night, Manning having to get him to come across to where the rest of the players were from a goal kick. Um, I, and I don't know. It may be just really unfair. It may be just something I've just picked up on, but he needs an awful lot of direction, and and I I would not expect that from a from a so, championship club. I just think he's he was signed as a maverick, and that was the the word that that Pearson yeah. used. Um, he's 
more of an individual player than than a than a team player. And I think that his skill is un, undoubtedly there. And we'll come on to what you know the position he gets into in the um, when was it in the sixty no eightieth minute I think it is. Um, and yeah, he 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 is someone who's got got that talent, but he he, he does his own thing effectively. Um, a bit like a bit like you know you've got players in the past. I'm, I'm not going to compare him to anyone in the past before I before I speak about anyone. Um, but yeah, I just think there's there's still something in there. And you're right, he he is he is fifty fifty, but he's someone that you can bring on in the fifty eighth minute. And can offer something, so it's a it's an interesting one. And I wonder if uh, that Mabude Matt is someone who will come in and and be a similar sort of player. Um, I think he will be. I mean, it would be interesting, Patrick, because I think from the clips I was looking at last night, he seemed to be more on the right. Um, okay. So that 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 will be interesting to see. Um, but Anis has to has to work on his end product. Um, and that that to me feels like it's gone backwards from what he was doing in the in the early part of his his um, his time with us. You know, he was he was the the technique that he had didn't he to to dip the ball in, yeah, and, knock you know, find it. Yeah, we're just we're just not seeing that. Um, and he had a couple of opportunities last night with crosses that just didn't okay. get anywhere near where they needed to be. Let's come on to some of them in a minute. Right, sixty third minute, Dicky booked after losing the ball and pulling his man down. I think you know we saw that quite a bit yesterday. I think at this point, Dickie's just lost the ball and thought, right, I'm just going to bring this man down because otherwise he's away. No big surprise there. 65th minute is um, McCrory to Conway. He holds it up and threads. Oh, this is the chance. 65th minute McCrory to Conway. He holds it up and threads Mametti in a great bit of vision from McCrory an even better bit of vision from Tommy Conway, Matt and Mametti is in and it, it was a decent effort. Well saved. It was one of those ones that could have gone in off the keeper and been deflected into a corner or something, but it just wasn't going to go for us last night. Yeah, real time you look at it and think he's got to score, he's got to do better. And then when when you watch it back, you kind of realise he does make a really good run, but um, Melier's kind of out quite quickly. He probably doesn't get it 100% clean. Um, It's a little bit of a, a scuff and... Um, even with that, it almost goes under the body of of um, many. Just sort of manages to, to to keep it out, but it it was our only opportunity, wasn't it? Um, you're right. It was a good move, good ball by by Tommy after McCrory's hard work. Um, and he even sat in now. Obviously, you, you take the point all day long, but I'd be sat in now <laughs> feeling really bloody guilty because Leeds was so much better than us. We didn't deserve anything, Gosh. but you have to take those opportunities in those games. Um, yeah, I just had the feeling. I probably fell the wrong two. Tom has missed a, a couple of one-on-ones this year, but yeah, you probably would have preferred it being the other way around, Mametti playing in Tommy, wouldn't you? I just think in the 65th minute, if we've equalised there, Leeds go up another gear, probably. Possibly, yeah, possibly. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm, it's yeah, coming away from that with a point last night, I don't think there'd be many people in the stadium that would have uh, that would have thought that was <laughs> deserved. Um, <laughs> 72nd minute is McCrory coming off and Sam Bell coming on. And and I actually called for this uh this this change. I thought 
Sam Bell could could come on here and actually do some damage and, and get get some good runs down the wing and things. Sam Bell's quite disciplined, James, to stay out wide and get his cross in when he's in that position, whereas McCrory op, opts to come inside. So I thought that was a good a good change, and it it um it it, it came to 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 be in the 80th minute. It was great high press from Tommy and Knight, and then Sam Bell was really good high press down on the right hand side. He he shows great acceleration, wins the ball, takes it on, pulls it back to Taylor Gardner Hickman. He plays a, an interesting one-two, like a lofted one-two from Matty James, um, but his effort was blocked. So yeah, I thought Bell another good substitution showing for him last night. Yeah, he, he's um uh, incredibly gifted gifted player, and um I, I'll I'll start with a criticism if that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but because I want to move, because he, you know, it's 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 minor. And I think it's possibly a tactical one. Is that the last couple of games I've seen him play when he's when he's come on, he's ended up playing more of a right back position than he has a right winger. And you almost, I felt like I saw it immediately last night. Instead of him taking uh, McCrory's position, it felt as though he was much much deeper and perhaps not pressing the way I would have liked. That. You know, I don't think that's his fault because he's playing right in front of the manager. If the manager didn't like it, he would be doing something something about it. But I think he's too good to be back there. I think he needs to be showing those skills that you just just described. I think he's a, a you know, a, a, I don't know, another another one for the future. We need a one for the now, and he, he, he you know, he's got the quality, and hopefully, will be a regular starter uh, again soon. Brilliant. Okay, Matt, that takes big, us big, to the big end McCrory of the game. fan though. Sorry, sorry, Patch. Yeah, big, yeah. big McCrory yeah. fan. I've heard uh, Matt talk about it in the in yeah. the past. That he's that um, angry little little player that you 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 want. Bell isn't that. Um, so it's nice to have that variety that can play in similar positions but do different things. Apologies, Patch. Uh, uh, just, just on on that Bell point. I mean, and I don't know why I do it. Whether I wanted more punishment last night, but I did have a look at the forum and and you see people posting about <laughs> forget forget the academy get rid of the likes of sam bell and and honestly i i have to question whether some of these people watch the game or even bristol city fans you know we've seen what sam bell's capable of i think sam bell again is a player that i would expect to come back summer wise and you know i'm not writing the rest of the season off but to come back and to look to step on again you know we know he's got that ability you don't get called up from an england um I think whatever the phrase was for the squad that you got called into. Oh yeah, what um, was it called? It was a strange one, wasn't it? Like conference, hot, hot fuzz squad or whatever it was, wasn't it? But yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's. But again, in fairness, to the person that wrote it, they, they're probably doing that with the, the, the degree of frustration as well. So, but yeah, let's not say things like get rid of the academy. Um, where would we be without our academy? Well, we speak yeah. about identity. Our identity is to breed players in the academy. Exactly. And we've got a production and, and, line and, and, and it's know, bared fruits. Patch, what was interesting, and you just made me think of something that, that Lewis said the other night. He was talking about the differences between clubs and, and potentially Bristol City and why we've not sort of done what we've done before but reference Southampton I Southampton had had that clear identity develop their own but that's been sell them many on. many many years uh, ab- absolutely that but sell their, their sort of players on but talked about um working with Hassan Hootel that it was all that's twice now as well that was um it's all about what the 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 academy teams are doing and that that takes it forward into the first team and there's a model everybody knows what they're doing everybody knows what their role is 
and and whether it it comes to fruition or not, that is what Brian Tinian, John Lansdowne, even and they, you know Liam Manning, they're all talking about. It's about having that model that is followed through from youth right the way through to the first team. So, you know, we I hate saying it because I think we're we're possibly some of the the most patient fans in the land, but we we do need to be a little bit more patient and see where it can take us and. Even after last night, in, in my head, at no point do I feel any negativity towards Liam Manning. I really don't. And I don't know why that, I, I, maybe I should be on, on the basis of last night. But, you know, I, I, I'm really looking forward to see what will happen rest of this season, the signings we've now made, and then what, what the summer and what next year will bring. There's no doubt about it. Yes, he needs to win more games just for his own situation you know to have not won in the month of january in the league is not good enough but also it's a tough league isn't it so yeah we're on a a journey aren't we we're on a journey exactly it's the the beginning of a journey it's not going to always be you know it's not going to be upwards 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 every every single game there's going to be some highs there's going to be some lows i would probably say that was the most disappointed i've been in him this season yeah, but agreed. the reason I bought the the half season ticket is because he, he came to the club and I thought hang on we're gonna we're gonna see something here and I've been really impressed with it yeah. I think he plays a, a very low risk um football style at the moment you know we're not, maybe not seeing what it's exactly it's going to be like it's incredibly low risk which which does mean that the ball is going backwards a fair amount that isn't always popular or very rarely popular with the with the fans when we do take risks and lose the ball, that's not popular with the fans. Um, you know, it, it, but I think we're just at the beginning of a journey and I've got total faith in the, in the guy that he's going to bring the best out of what's, what's in front of him. And let's see where that takes us. That's how I feel. That is how I feel. Um, Can I just say, when we hit record at the start of this, I didn't ever anticipate us getting to an hour and 20 minutes before we halfway. get to the ratings. Hey, if you put my name on it, it could be going off for another three days. Right? Oh, the ratings. Right. Um, rather than kind of, and well, I want to race through, but rather than racing yeah, we, through. We have, we have um, a, you know, assessed players as we've gone in this one. Yeah, we? we we have, but I also want kind of a, a, a challenge because some of them, um, I, don't, I actually don't know if I've been harsh enough, but yeah, we'll see. So Max, um, Max, I've gone eight, and I don't know that I can do anything other than that because he made four or five saves that stopped the goal. You know, they, they, these were the. If that game finishes nil nil last night, it's nil nil because of Max. That would be. That would yeah. That and, and that people would even, be incredible. even walking out last night, people were saying to me, Max is a nine. Now um, there was there was not, a, there was some dodgy distributions, wasn't there? That, and that's exactly it. And I don't know whether it's it's an eight that gets taken down to the seven because of where he was with his feet, or if the saves that he's made. I mean, were were the saves that he made world is, or were they saves you'd expect him to make? It was just he had to make a lot of them. That you one, know, the, the the lob one. That wasn't really a difficult save. Yeah, no. get his, his hand up, but it wasn't a hit with pace. In the the best save was was the the Viner diving the Viner in on challenge on yeah. Bamford, yeah. and then it's sort of rolling out, and a guy was and it's his, six it's his yards right out. leg, his right leg, he sticks out. Yeah. But so I, I I've kind of gone eight, but I'm more it's more a seven than a nine 
and it's whether it's an eight or a seven. So I'll let you two decide on that. I'll let James decide on that. Oh, it's definitely an eight for me. Okay. Um, yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, All right, that's it. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I have to say it's, it's very much a theme really, but, um, and, and again, I'm looking at the opposition we're playing as well and how well they played, but you're trying to, to be a, a bit balanced. The two centre-halves, Robin and Zach, are, are definitely two fives for me, if not lower than that. Um, I thought they both had, had poor games by their standard. Distribution-wise, Rob looked really, really slow last night. I'm not, you know, he's, he's definitely not the quickest, but... Um, we reckon know, one... he, he doesn't. He rarely gets involved in a foot race. Exactly, he? exactly. But but when you're bringing the ball out, if you lose the ball high, and then there's no one in behind you because Cam's gone on, you, you're then going to struggle. So, so for Rob, you know he's had he's had a few sixes. He had a five against Preston, um, and then lots of sort of sevens and eights. It, it was it was a five for me. Um, but could have been a four, mm. and then similarly for Zach. So I think both both of them atoned for each other's error, errors on a on a few occasions. Um, you know, Dicky made a great block when Zach lost the ball um, and probably saved a goal. Uh, so yeah, I don't think it was quite a four. Probably a five for me. Five for me. Yeah, definitely yeah. fives. Yeah. Okay. Um, Ross and Cam, um, I went two fives for both of those as well. Ross, I kind of debated a six, but it was a it's probably a six based on he was pretty tenacious and, and came out with the ball a couple of times. He was out with but the I, game first half an hour. I didn't really notice. Yeah, and, and and actually there wasn't really much end product from it. And then similarly for Cam. So it, again for me it was two fives. And I, and I've seen someone talk about Cam being man of the match and not not for me at the levels that he's been at. So I went two fives for those two. Um, Midfield-wise, actually for all four, including Taylor, I went fives. Um, And I didn't know whether Matty James and Joe Williams, were they at the same five as Rob and Zach and Cam and Ross? Possibly. I don't know. Like I said, I didn't think any of them really stood out. So hence the fives. So it's whether you think any of them were lower than a five, because I don't think any of them were above a five. No, I don't think so. Um, and then moving forward, um, Anis, I went five. Naki, I went five. And Tommy, I've debated five or six because I thought he came into it in the second half, but actually in the first half didn't really have any kind of opportunity, but then didn't enforce himself on the game either. So I went five in the end. Um, so really, it's it's I think it's all fives apart from Max with an eight. Yeah, I think that is exactly what James said. Last night, wasn't it, James? That's exactly what I've said. I'm trying to be <laughs> quiet, so I'm, so I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I better, I better so, check that. Don't I, I think James uh, James must be the winner of a coaster. <laughs> that's what uh, I've been trying to stay quiet on it. That, that's that ultimately that's what I said. Is that I, I think I, every, I, everybody was a five. The only com- argument would be what? if there was if somebody suggested a four. Oh wow! My my, my kind of <laughs> argument was that you you've also got to take into account the quality that was being played yeah. against. So people would look a lot worse. Mm. Um, because of that 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 quality, but I I felt like it was all fives. Do you want to, uh, to hear James's ratings, Matt, very quickly? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Max O'Leary eight, George Tanner six, Zach Viner five, Rob Dickey five, Ross McCrory seven, Matty James five, Joe Williams five, Campering six, Jason Knight seven, Tommy Conway six, Naki Wells five, Mehmeti six, Sam Bell six. 
Yeah, how does that equate to then the same as what I said? Because I think I, I had eight. James Piercy's. Ah, sorry. Yeah, James Piercy. I was going to say, yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. James Piercy, um, he averaged at the, the, the 5.92, which is actually pretty low for James because James is normally one that, you know, it's sort of... Uh, he's usually one above us, isn't he? Like, he's one above us, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he knows he's got a place in the box and has to interview him. So he's got... He's, <laughs> yeah, only joking, James. So actually, yes, uh, Prestige Worldwide is 5.23. Um, <laughs> we've also got Julian Haynes at 5.23 and Chris at 5.23. All the same. Um, all the same. Five, so we had three at 5.23, yeah. Wow. Um, so we'll obviously uh, sort that out. I'm just going to have a look to see... So Chris um, is at CCAMA15. Oh, so Chris if, Rose, that is. I is think. that Chris Rose, is it? So if Chris Rose wants to let through... Yeah, uh, if you can DM. send them to um, the email address, 3piapc at gmail.com, send your address through, and we'll get our postman, Matthew Withers, to uh, yep. to send them out. With, and, and, with, a, with a stamp. Shut up! I apologise to RJ and I think Liam as well, where I had some stamps in my drawer and I didn't <laughs> I didn't know that stamps actually ran out of date. Um, so they were out of date, so they ended up getting a note through to say you need to come to the post office and pay £2.50 charge because there's an admin fee. for, for oh, So anyway, brilliant. I've got new stamps, everyone would be pleased to know. Um, so yeah, if, um, if Chris and James, obviously, and, and Julian let us have your address, then we'll, we'll post the, uh, the coaster or the the beer mat or whatever you want to call it. So, um, yeah, but fair play. Okay. And for Liam Manning, I should say it, it was a five for Liam Manning as well. Okay. Right. Well, I think this podcast has gone on long enough, um, but let's talk briefly about Wednesday. As you said, Matt, you've got Pring and um, who else? Joe Taylor Garden Hickman. Uh, Taylor Garden Hickman. Yeah. Pring yeah. and TGH yeah. are suspended. So, will we see Hayden Roberts if we go in with that same formation? We'll see Hayden Roberts come in for campering. I don't know who else will, and then that that kind of then makes maybe you Sam think, Bell potentially. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, possibly. I guess you still look at Pringy from a defensive point of view, don't you? So I know Bell's um, obviously come on on the on the right hand side. I can only imagine that it will be. Well. Um, it will be. Roberts, but yeah, he's been and on why, the bench why, for, why for would, enough why games, wouldn't hasn't he? Be if he's now fit and that's his position, yeah. why wouldn't it be? So yeah, yeah, and that and that, that show that showing his his best game for us was against Oxford, wasn't it? And I know that's a, a lower league opposition in the League Cup, but um, I remember him performing well in that. So he just needs to get back up to that that level. Maybe he's a, he's a cup player, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then TGH obviously out, so we know we've got options in there. Um, as well, well, it's if... James and Williams, isn't it? Really, that's what he's going to go with. You would think. Yeah, no, exactly. I don't. I don't think. I. I did ask Rich Hoskin last night. I don't think Mbudi can play because to he's play in be... the replay, you had yeah. to have been available for the first game, hadn't you? So that's yeah, right. yeah. And we don't know Sykes. Don't know Twine's well, probably S- out S- too soon. S- Sykes was was out for a week, wasn't he, a month ago? So. Um, who knows? Yeah, who knows? And <laughs> yeah. we must get. I don't. I don't know if it is. And and I am making like. I don't know if it's Andy Proctor or whoever. But we must get a, a calendar sent through so that they can see what a week actually is, and then inform Liam. Yeah, it is going to no, be no, no, six no. weeks. But then they annoy you though. I, that's the one thing with Nigel Pearson. I didn't ever have a problem with because he would want, go. Yeah, they don't want to come out and say it's a week because then it, it, exactly, you hold him but, to account for a week. But but they do. And Liam has said, oh, yeah, he's, he's one to two weeks away. Well, well, don't say it then. 
he's still away. Like the Naismith one, we've got no idea when Naismith is back. Mm. So let's have it that way rather than expect him. So who knows? I'd like to think Sykes could be available for, for Wednesday. Um, and actually, in, in terms of where our season is today, you probably want to win Wednesday, don't we? To, you know, I don't, I don't fear that we're in a relegation battle or anything like that. So I quite like to win Wednesday to then have a, a game against Man United yeah. in what that brings. So it's a massive that... ask Wednesday away at Nottingham Forest. Oh, if huge. we can, yeah. if we can pick up a result and even take it to take it to penalties, you know. Yeah. Um, it, that might be one that if we hold out, is it extra time and penalties or just penalties? I don't that's know. A, that's another question know. for for someone to answer. Yeah, but uh, James, massive thanks for for joining us on yeah, the podcast you, this morning. Um, never easy to, to talk through a defeat, although we've managed to talk for ninety minutes longer than probably any game this season. Yeah, and I remember <laughs> back in yeah. um, I remember back in COVID uh, times when we would jump on the podcast you know on zoom after immediately after the result and it was the yeah. it was the games that didn't go very well that people were more interested in listening to yeah <laughs> uh, but but funnily enough i don't we, we've we've not actually been very negative and i mean i know that's because we're you know in bed with the club and we love everybody and it's interesting isn't it because yeah you're right normally that there's lots to talk about when things are negative um we weren't really that negative, I think. And and fundamentally, you know, from, from an end point, from my point of view, I just want to reiterate just how good Leeds were last night. And yeah. a Leeds side like that, and I really like um, their manager as well, um, but a Leeds side like that, I'd like to see Leeds playing in the Premier League. Um, you know, they, I thought I thought they were they were fantastic last night. Cool. All right, love your stuff. We'll leave it there. Thanks Thank for you, James. Everybody. Yeah, take yeah, care. Thank you, guys. Really enjoyed um, it. Yeah, we will be back um, at some point to the end of the week after the Nottingham Forest game. Cheers, all. Okay. Take care.
Yes.